Awesome. So I uh, said you were doing some strength conditioning before we got started here. Um, you know, what, what have you been hitting and, you know, frequency, you know, days a week, uh, how long are those workouts? What are you doing for them? What's that look like? So pretty much I'm still doing physical therapy for my elbow. I'm on the tail end. I probably got about two weeks left. Um, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing that about an hour and then maybe they'll wrap me up with some soft tissue work and send me on my way uh, for my strength and conditioning. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do. So basically I'm doing like a upper lower split right now, uh, upper body rehab, mm -hmm. basically had to rehab my whole upper body. So, yeah. um, and then Tuesdays, Thursdays is more lower body. And, and then I'm getting in my low base cardio on Tuesday. And then Thursday I get my high intensity. And, you know, on those, those lower base cardio days, uh, what does that look like uh, from what you're doing to how long you're going? Are you monitoring your heart rate? Are you just kind of yep. going for a pace? How are you doing that? Yeah, so on my lower base, I just typically tend to go for a walk. I try to separate this, do it on an empty stomach, fast it a little bit. Um, I'll just walk anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour around town. I call it my victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I have my Fitbit. I keep track of my heart rate through that. I typically try not to go above 120 on my heart rate, uh, stay beneath that, you know, so I can, to the point where I'm still talking, I'm able to still talk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then what about your, your high intensity? Uh, where are you getting your heart rate for that? And, and how long are you staying in that zone? Oh, see, when I go intense, I go intense. I, I have this thing. I, I, have been doing a lot of mental training as well and i've been doing a lot of mantras and on my high intensity runs uh no puke no prize so <laughs> i'll just i'll run typically i've noticed i can get my heart rate up to about 198 to 194 before i start yakking mm -hmm. so i try to keep it around like 186 and try not to get out of hand above that you know and how long are you staying at that uh, kind of that threshold of the 180 to 190? 180, uh, probably like I try to get it for like 10 minutes, but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't always work really. It depends how much I slept, how much I ate, if I trained earlier that day. Gotcha. But and do you, do you <clears throat> talk about sleeping, eating, things like that? Um, do you use any kind of technology to monitor your recovery? Like Garmin has the body battery, Whoop has the, the recovery percentage, whatever it's called. You know, how do you know that you're recovered and, and able to push like that? Um, typically, I've been doing a lot of just research. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on Phil DeRue, the American top team uh, strength and conditioning coach. I listened to a lot of TJ Dillashaw. He actually inspired me to uh, start looking at my heart rate a little bit more because he talks about how he uses the recovery um, with his heart rate and how he's waking up in the morning, depending on where his heart rate rests. That's where he finds out, you know, what he's going to do with his day. Um, I'd like to get a whoop. That's something that I've looked at uh, as far right now. I'm just using the heart rate monitor and playing it off of how I feel. I've been doing this for quite a long time. I, I got a good feel for my body. Gotcha. And it is, you know, something that I think a lot of people don't really understand with, with athletes is it's so individualized, right? Mm -hmm. Like your, 
your baseline to your, your threshold and the different variability in your heart rate is going to be much different than somebody who could be the exact same size as you with the same strength, you know, all those different things. Uh, so for you to be able to kind of monitor that and, and know when you can push, when you got to take a light day, things like that, I think it really aids in your ability to, you know, increase your VO2 max, lower your resting heart rate, um, all in the, I think, overall goal to bring your heart rate down the, the max amount of beats per minute in those one minute uh, rest between rounds, right? Yeah. You yeah. Be able to sit on the stool or stand with your hands over whatever you like to do between rounds and go from 170 to, you know, 100 or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, do you, do you monitor your heart rate between sparring rounds, uh, between rolling rounds, things like that? Do you, have you gotten to the point where you do it during training? See, I tried to do that a little bit earlier, but uh, with the Fitbit, it's a little bit difficult because there's rubbing on, like my wrist got irritated and things of, oh, you still there? Yep, we're good, yeah. All right. Sorry, I got a call there. Um, I think, where was I at? Sorry. Uh, yeah, the Fitbit with irritating your wrist uh, during training. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like on my, I tried to do it while I was rolling. That did not work. It flew off like in the first minute. So I tried to do it with my like bag work things of that nature and that's when i started getting irritated on my wrist so i really don't monitor my training sessions anymore outside of strength and conditioning gotcha okay yeah i mean if it is something that you would still you know be interested in mm-hmm. i use the it's called the polar oh uh, i use it christian Carr uses it a, a guy that i train with and it's goes on your bicep so you okay. can kind of wear it high and it's only the size of about a quarter uh, and you can tuck Uh-oh. it inside your bicep and then wear like a long sleeve rash guard and mine doesn't typically move around or come off. Um, so when we're done here, I'll send you a link uh, just in case you want to check it out. But it helped a lot with me to being able to monitor my heart rate during rolling and sparring. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you said, you know, after we're done here, you're going to go what, around six o'clock. You're going to do some drilling. So what does that <laughs> look like? Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays, I drill for a few hours typically I'll break it up uh Tuesdays is more wrestling and transitioning from strikes into grappling so more grappling based really Thursdays is more of like today we're going to do a lot more striking and a lot more jujitsu maybe not so much MMA based more segregated and then Thursday or Sunday is another MMA drilling day uh lots of transitional work things of that nature and when you're, so when you're doing the, the transitional work, are you, you wearing little gloves through the whole session? Mm-hmm. You yep. are. And then what about your, your days when you separate like kind of the striking and the jujitsu? Are you wearing big, big 16 ounces for striking and then jujitsu with no gloves or how do you break that out? So for jujitsu or grappling, if you will, uh, we always wear gloves at my gym. Ever since I was 13, I've been grappling with gloves, striking, throwing strikes on the ground. So we, we always have the gloves on, the small gloves for grappling. Uh, for striking, we keep the bigger gloves. Head, well, not really headgear. We're just drilling. Shin guards. I just invested in some elbow pads, preserving this elbow. Yeah, good. I throw a little more elbow strikes since I'm looking to turn pro here probably within the next year. Awesome. And with your – you said you've been wearing pretty much since you're 13 those small gloves. Do you have yeah. a preferred brand or style of, of gloves since you've been using them for that long? Uh, I really like Venom's stuff. 
I used a lot of their stuff since I was a kid. I still have a lot, like their bigger gloves. I the for the gloves that I have, the MMA gloves. I've been using Sanable for the past year, and they're all right. Uh, they get the job done. Not not my favorite, uh, but for the price, you really can't beat it. Yeah, you can't. And I, that's usually uh, the Sanable geese are always the the first geese that I tell people to buy if they're you know not sure about. Uh, how long they're going to stay in jujitsu because they're, you know, a pretty good quality gi, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for 65 bucks. So you can't really beat it and they get there in two yeah. days. <clears throat> um, yeah. I saw you, you posted on Facebook the other day, uh, a picture after one of your victories, I believe it was from like 2016, mm-hmm. uh, about four years ago. And uh, you said, you know, you're still hungry, fire still inside. Um, you know, through quarantine, not a lot of people have been fighting yourself. You know, you haven't really been fighting it. Plus you had the elbow injury. So, you know, are you are you getting the itch to get back in the cage? Are you ready to compete? Oh, hundred and ten percent. I have to reel it back every single day of training. I just want to. Oh, I just want to go. I'm ready to be back in there. I, it's getting to the point where, like mentally, I'm there. I'm there. I just need my body to cooperate with me and to be able to withstand going through a camp, being in fight shape, and taking those impacts really with kicks. That's my main concern. Uh, I'm doing a lot of kick defense, taking those impacts, making sure I'm getting that confidence in it to take the damage that it'll be taken. Now, have you been cleared for full contact? Yeah, yeah. So I want to say, what is that, October, late August, I got cleared for contact for sparring um, and even throwing like we we did like these blocks where okay for a few weeks i'm going 50 percent. that's it mm-hmm. see how we feel play it by year and then probably last month i finally got to spar which was well got cleared to spar mm-hmm. which was really nice yeah and you know uh it's, it seems like it's one of those injuries where you know your physical therapist and, and everybody kind of says all right like you're good to go and it's more of you now trusting your body taking those kicks mm-hmm. realizing that you can take the impact you know if somebody you know throws one of those kicks especially with you talking about going pro you know no more shin guards um so just really being confident in your ability to you know go out there and, and trust it mm-hmm. uh, how far do you think you are from that you know percentage wise are you you know 80 percent 90%. Oh, I'm close. I think that's why I'm <laughs> yeah, good. There, I'm probably like 92%. I, the only thing really lacking that I can feel is my pulling strength when I'm in on a double. Sucking those legs in is a little bit harder than it used to be. Um, and throwing that straight, it's a little slow. So I got to get that back up to speed. But it's, it's just small things. I'm pretty happy with, with where I'm at. Good. So your recovery, you know, you said you feel about 92%. uh, And you mentioned earlier about, you know, making a pro debut uh, within the next calendar year, sometime next year, you said? Yeah, probably like late 2021. Uh, Like I said in the previous interview, I want to move to California. I still don't want to turn pro until I'm over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you, do you plan on making or taking any more fights, you know, here on the East Coast beforehand? Or or are you? Oh, yeah. You are. Okay. Uh, Do you have anything lined up? Have you talked to anybody? Mm-mm. I don't want to put my name in the hat just because I know what type of person I am. I don't want to put my name in the. I don't want to put my name in the hat until at least till January first, twenty twenty one. That's that's the deadline I'm setting for myself. At least hold off into then. Um, so yeah, pretty much these next two months, I'm just treating as uh, getting my body ready. Good. Yeah, and you know, I think you said you're you're there mentally now, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the bigger hurdles sometimes for people is. 
uh, getting over that, that mental hump or getting back into the swing of things mentally. And if you're ready to go now, you know, mental, mentally, um, you know, the body will catch up and it, it, it will adapt and, you know, you can kind of push it to do whatever you want it to do when you want it to do it, which is kind of the, the fun part of, of training and getting in that fight. Yeah. Camp. If your brain's there, then your body will catch up. Exactly. And that's, that's like, I'm just ready to be thrown it like mentally I'm ready to be thrown into that camp, but I know my body just won't. Mm-hmm. It's just not gonna, not six months after a freaking reconstruction, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I don't think many people would even expect you to do it 12 months in, but uh, that's, that's kind of the difference in mentality of, you know, a fighter and then somebody who's, uh, you know, a weekend warrior, uh, yeah. cyclist or whatever that may be. Um, now, <clears throat> when you, uh, when you move out to California, I know we talked previously, um, do you have a, a camp set up out there? You know, you're going to be living with family, you had said. Um, so, you know, are they waiting your arrival? Are they, like, expecting you at a certain time? Or are they just kind of like, hey, Oscar, whenever you come out, you know, we'll see you then. We'll be happy to see you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I stay in contact with them, and, I, you know, we still talk and mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. But as far as, like, a camp, um, we're learning. The more that my dad's talking, because we're all from California. Mm-hmm. The more that my dad's talking with his friends and and the and California Cage Wars, the more we're learning that like we have ties with people up over at Alliance. My dad knows some people. Um, the arena. Uh, my uncle, he was a Marine, former Marine. A few of his like people in his what do you call them? His battalion. Yeah, battalion. A few of those people train up at the arena in San Diego. Um, Josh Aaron, somebody I used to I cross train with. He has a boxer up there that it trains at the arena. I'm really interested in the arena. I'd like to go over there. Chris Lieben's coaching over there. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. Joe, the guy over at Cali Cage Wars, he says he'll take care of me. and So I, I put a lot of trust into him and what he says. Good, man. We're looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm glad we got to sit down and kind of chat, uh, see that your elbow's healing up well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I won't take up – too much more of your time that you got to go and, and uh, get some drilling in later. Uh, we're looking forward to you, you know, getting back in the cage early 2021 and then making that pro debut when you get out to California. Thank you. Awesome, Oscar. It was great talking to you. We'll see you soon. Yeah, you too. Have, take right. it easy. You too.